The first hour of Sports Time is brought to you by Lexus of Memphis. Here are your hosts, Brett Stats-Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. Welcome in to Sports Time on a Thursday. Bryant and Brett with you in our family leisure studios. And got a lot to talk about today. Grizzlies game one in the books for them. A loss to the New Orleans Pelicans. We've got Thursday night football tonight. We've got some college football. Baseball gets back rolling tomorrow night. But Brett Norsworthy, how are you doing this afternoon? I'm, I'm doing great, Brian. Darn it, we're not going 82-0 and this year. I had a good feeling, well, too. Well, you know, I, I had a good feeling I had a good feeling well. about the Powerball a few weeks ago, too. But. Well, hmm. I did see, I saw this, I guess, today, um, earlier today when I was uh, on Twitter or whatever when I woke up, and someone posted that, like, since the Grizzlies have moved to Memphis, I think going into last night, they were like 4, 5 and 17. 5 and 17. Yeah, that's exactly I, I, I had that note yesterday. Yeah, so you did. I, I forgot yep. about that. You sure did. And so maybe theirs was a little off, because I, I don't think theirs was right now that I'm thinking back to it. because no, I certainly made it 5 and 18. Yeah, I certainly would have remembered um, if I had seen the right one. Um, but, you know, so it, this isn't something I don't think people should, um, you know, get crazy overreactions about um because like you just said like we just said historically they haven't been great on opening nights and we've seen how how good some of these teams have been um but no you're right a loss uh, game one is is never fun if the grizzlies get that desmond bain for 81 more nights uh grizzlies be just fine yeah he was he was unbelievable i mean really uh one of the uh one of the few bright spots, I guess, from last night was Desmond Bain, but he looked really, really, really good. 31 points, I think five assists, five rebounds, a couple steals. I mean, it was really active, and I thought, um, especially early in the game, I thought he's seeing the floor a lot better than when he first came into the league. You know, some of the passes he was making, mm-hmm. finding guys for a couple of those assists, I just thought looked way better um, than in years past. So I'm, I'm really excited. I said yesterday, I, I think he has a great shot of, of maybe winning most improved player this year. And if, if he can continue doing what he did last night, he'll be right up there at the end of the year. And I think it's a early indication of just how good, if they can stay healthy, New Orleans will be yeah. all year. And they are long. That is a big grown all dick vital airport team you're right they they are very long and brett you know i think i brought this up yesterday um but people forget that this team was a second seed before injuries just kind of really ended their year last year but they were right up there it seemed like two and three for a while last year were the grizzlies and the pelicans so we've seen at full strength what this team can be um, and so now Zion is always a question mark of if he's going to be able to play or not. But I think this is a, a very good team down in New Orleans. I do too. And I think I made this point. It, it was moving fast yesterday on, on predictions, sure but we got around to coach of the year. I took the powder and took, uh, Michael Malone. Yeah. Especially if they go to back to back NBA finals. Mm-hmm. And I ultimately had them in that, but losing to Boston. I think I said I was really close to taking Willie Green you as were, my coach of the year. That. Yeah. Okay, good. I'm glad I got that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You did say that. It was like you said, it's a lot going on yesterday, um, in anticipation for the game, but you're absolutely right. I mean, I, I think that's a, a talented team down there. And then we'll get to see, uh, uh your coach of the year pick. Uh, tomorrow night, so it doesn't get any easier for the Grizzlies as, as they now have to host the defending champs. Early, early start tomorrow night, and it's not because of national TV. The very mm. rare 6 o'clock Friday night 
tip time for a late arriving town that finally arrived right yeah. as the ball was going in the air last night and had had the building stoked. It, it the building yeah. was was packed. A lower bowl, sweet areas. About as packed as you'll see at playoff time, upper deck, I'm going to say terrace level, whatever they want to call it. Right. Um, I'm going to say 80 to 90% full. Uh, that, 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 it, that was a really good crowd last night and he was into it as long as there was something sure. to be into. If you want to keep the crowd into the game, you got, you got to do your part and the Grizzlies didn't last night, but one game of 82 and, you know, I, I haven't seen much freak out factor. I think if I went looking no. for it, I probably could. Sure. But my big takeaway from last night is, is, is this on Jaron Jackson. We need Jaron Jackson to be DPOY, Defensive Player of the Absolutely. Year. We do not need Jaron Jackson to be Philippines, Jaron. That is true. Uh, and you saw a lot of people talking about uh, kind of going into the season of, well, he did not have a, a, a good summer in FIBA. There were a lot of foul troubles. Disastrous. He wasn't super uh, efficient at all. And you're absolutely right. I mean, I think that's that's a, that's a great way to put it, Brett. Between Austin Reeves kind of guarding around the, uh-huh. the, the, the three-point line and, and to the free-throw line, there were people flying by them, <laughs> you know, like Usain Bolt flies by people at the Philippines. But last night we got Philippines, Jaron, and we need DPOY, Jaron. Yes, we need DPOY. And, I mean, for it's early in the game, I think – It's defensive player of the year to the uninitiated. Right. <laughs> uninitiated, I love that. Um, but, I mean, what, three blocks in the, in the first quarter – but also a handful of fouls in the first quarter. I saw, yeah, you know, a basket load of fouls. Yeah. Just all I, a out foul of in the first in the first minute, Brett. I mean, before uh, you could even take your seat, a foul before our late arriving crowd could really get settled. That's in. right. I mean, fans are walking in and they look up to the board, and, and Jaron has one foul already. But and, it, and at halftime, and it was a late rebound. I mean, just with scant seconds remaining in the first half, our job would have had more rebound, our same number <laughs> of rebounds in the first half. <laughs> Jaron got him <laughs> by <laughs> one. <laughs> And if I recall correctly, Brett, correct me if I'm wrong, because I might be a little confused here. Jaw did not play last no, night. No, no, so Jaw he was had, not, he's he not allowed at the building. Correct. <laughs> so uh, he had zero rebounds last night. Yeah. But, uh, but no, I mean, the, the thing that I really was getting frustrated at last night watching this game, and it was specifically in the second quarter, was really when it started um, and, and kind of carried over throughout the rest of the game, but... New Orleans comes out, and they weren't a great three-point shooting team last year, but they come out late in the first quarter, early in the second quarter, and they're just knocking down every single three they take, and they're taking a lot of them. Uh, at half, they're shooting 50% from three on eight for 16. I mean, they're just lighting it up, and the Grizzlies started chasing those threes with threes of their own, and they were shooting 25% at halftime, throwing up 28 threes in the first half, and that's just way too many threes, and that's just not something they can do right now with the players they have injured. I know Desmond Bain's a great three-point shooter. I think you want a little bit more from Jaron from the three-point department than what he showed, uh, which was a goose egg last night, but, you know, with with some of the injuries, Kennard didn't play a, a full game last night. And it wasn't good wasn't before. Good, exactly, and and Santi out. He brings you some some spacing mm-hmm. and some three point shooting. Cost Marcus Smart a technical over. Yeah, I mean the man's bleeding, and it wasn't any foul called. Crazy, but some of the foul calls in that game, I, I don't like Marcus talking Smart about refs. Didn't quite say it like that. It I, right, was pretty, right, right. It was pretty demonstrative. I'm sure. I'm sure it was a little different. Brian, oh, oh, fundamental basketball tenant. If you're going to yeah. jack up that many shots and miss, yes. and then not rebound the ball, yes. you're going to lose. Yes, I mean, and so the fact that. 
last night the Grizzlies shot 43 threes is Whew, is way a, too many. That's a big number. I mean, wait, and, and here's the in thing. In fact, that, you may hear that as big it, number it, later. It might be, but I, mean, I think the thing, and the thing that frustrated me more was they go through this stretch of just jacking up threes left and right for four or five minutes, and then they kind of get back to their style of basketball, going at the basket, getting inside the paint, and they, they go on a quick 10-0 run and cut the lead uh, to, to very manageable uh, in the second or in the second quarter. So mm-hmm. I think it's just you got to stick to that game plan and not try to chase these teams you're playing that are that are knocking down threes. Because Brett, you said it a couple times yesterday. I mean, basketball is a game of runs, and so I mean you're going to have some. The other team's going to go on some runs. You're going to go on some runs, but you can't get away from the basketball you want to play. And last night when they were just throwing up threes, that was getting away from the game plan they had last night. Yeah, the next time to see New Orleans at FedEx Forum will be February of 2024, February 12th. They have two at New Orleans before this calendar year ends. Play them down there on the 19th of December and then again on the 26th of December. So that'll be be all of the games versus New Orleans down there really coming up pretty soon. It'll, it'll, It'll move fast. They're they're good. If they can stay healthy, they will be right there in the, maybe in the top, in the kind of the preferred seating in the top four seating come springtime. I I didn't know, and he's really worked on it. I didn't know Herb Jones had that part of his game where he could step back and kind of shoot, for lack of a better term, a set shot. Yeah. No, no. Herb Jones is, is, I mean, like you said, I, I didn't, I, I like Herb Jones. I think he's a good player. But I didn't know he had all that last night. I, I didn't either. He looked really good, and and he did. And and he's a, like like Ingram, like uh, a lot of their like JV. I mean, they that is a long big team. Yeah, no, it is. And 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 you talked about rebounds. I mean, you can just talk about how long and big they are by looking at the the starting lineups. I mean, you look at rebounds for the starting lineup uh, for New Orleans: seven, seven, twelve, eight, four. For the Grizzlies. It was four five twelve five zero. So I yeah. mean that just shows how big and long they were, and, and really dominated the rebound category. I think um, out rebound them by fifteen total at the end of the game. So I mean it was just a, a rebound, second chance points, and and, and those three pointers are, are really what killed the Grizzlies last night. We knew when this schedule was released, this could be difficult early. Home oh, yeah. against New Orleans, home against Denver, then a road trip to Washington. Mm-hmm. Okay, whatever. Sure. Uh, home against Dallas, we know pretty good. Mm-hmm. And then three straight, uh, uh, four straight, no, three straight on the road at Utah, at Portland, at Portland. I don't think we're going to do it, but you could look up and the Grizzlies could be one in something yeah. or two in something. Yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, it's it's a tough start to the season, especially when you, you don't have Ja and now you don't have Steven Adams. But, again, I... I I don't think either of us are sitting here going, "This is awful. This is the worst thing ever." This Not is, at all. You know, sky's falling about this game uh, and the fact that you have to play Denver the next game out. But I think you need to rebound. I think before the season started, before a lot of this started, when we really first got the schedule, I think you were looking at those Portland games and saying, "Uh, I think best case scenario, you get a split." And now with the moves they've made. I think you could very well go in and win two games against Portland. So I mean, things are changing, things will change, and so you know they just got to stay on their course. But these these first couple games are are very challenging for the Grizzlies. I, I want to hear from people that were in the building last yeah. night nine zero one three six zero eight two five five. Let us know what you felt in the building because I got this from people and I sensed it, I felt it, but I got this verbalized from people. You know the proverbial 
First day of school, great to mm-hmm. be back, fun year. Man, Jai out, and now the Adams news. Yeah, yeah. That I mean, it, it was palpable. You could re- it, it was it was voiced by people. Yeah, yeah. And that's I mean that's what I heard. I wasn't in attendance last night, but you know I that's kind of the same thing I heard from my friends that were there, from from people I follow on Twitter on social media. Uh, kind of the same thing. But um, I did love seeing the Derrick Rose when he checked in and, and got announced in the standing ovation. That was an easy was call. That was an easy bingo program. check oh, there, right. wasn't it? Could have checked that off a month yeah. ago. I mean, we, yeah, the we day knew that signed. was coming. Yeah, and, and, it, was, it, was, it was great to see him in, and I loved his quote post-game. Yeah. You know, hey, fun, great. I, I want to win. Yeah, man, no, absolutely. And so, um, you know, I think the so that was will the, come. Let's see, the Tennessee game. That was only the third loss ever for Derrick Rhodes with Memphis on the front of the jersey and only the wow. second loss at FedEx Forum. The Tennessee one wow. versus two game uh-huh. and and that night in San Antonio. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I mean, that's a that could be your big number, Brett. I mean a very small number, but a very powerful number. It Three. just came to me. I'm sorry. I mean that's uh that's a good one. I might steal it and reuse it for big number. It's so I mean, he, 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 you know you gotta get accustomed to a lot absolutely, more losing in absolutely. professional sports than you did in college, but he's not used to losing with Memphis on no, the front of the no, jersey. Yeah, no, he's not used to losing in this city, so uh so something new for him. But I, I thought uh, you know, he checked in and then immediately uh kind of drove to the basket and dished it out to I forgot who's in the corner, maybe maybe David Roddy and he knocked down a three and I was I was excited. I was like, all right, we're back. It's fun. So T minus three texts at the text line. You just had to get in that Tennessee loss, didn't you? <laughs> well it's fact. I mean it was uh, <laughs> unfortunately it was a loss. I hate it just as much as everybody just else. Text, just got a text from a friend of mine. I was at both of those losses. Oh man. <laughs> yeah, uh, I know. I was too. Uh, oh man, even even worse. But no I thought I mean like you said it was fun to be back, it was fun to to kind of watch them out there again, and and I think we all knew that these first two games were going to be tough um, against the the Pelicans and, and against the the Nuggets. But you know, you you get past these two games, hey, maybe you surprise people this next game against Denver. But you get past these, and then you you really kind of get things set. Maybe uh, you get Santi back, and, and maybe you can find some more structure in this lineup you have. And 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 maybe so. And tonight, tonight in the NBA. Uh, pr- pretty slim yeah. schedule, and finally, <laughs> Milwaukee and Philadelphia yeah. play. How about that? There's both third zero season. and zero. That's right. Yeah, the last two uh, teams that haven't played yet, and they'll kick us off tonight. Uh, tonight, six thirty on, on TNT. I'm excited to watch Milwaukee. I mean, after that trade, we we got to see very little of of all of them playing together in in the preseason. So I'm excited to see what it looks like. I think earlier when I when I looked, I'm sure it's changed now, but about a six point favorite over the 76ers, so I'm excited for that one. Right on the money, same as Lakers over the Suns yeah. in the late one. Six, six points on TNT as well at 9. It's going to be fun to to see the Laker dynamic after starting 0-1 and mm-hmm. Anthony Davis having a really tough night. But you mentioned Milwaukee. Everybody's e- eagerly yeah. waiting to watch that. But uh, Philadelphia, Whew. I think people might – Tune in for the train wreck aspect of it. Yeah, and it might be. I mean, with everything going on there, like, I mean, I had them, what, 11 or 12 yesterday when we were going through our teams, just because there's so much unknown. I mean, this this ship could immediately start sailing before it even gets started. So Tuesday night, the NBA, they rolled out the big guns. Uh-huh. Big guns. Oh, yeah. LeBron, AD, Lakers, playing the champs, Nikola Jokic, the champs. Mm-hmm. Second game, Phoenix, with that 
big three and KD and everything that goes with it, Golden State and Steph and the Bay Area markets. And look at these markets. I mean, huge Western markets for opening night. Have you seen what baseball did to them in the ratings? No, I didn't. Whoa. Just killed old, them? Old, boring, stodgy old baseball. Really? Whoa, I'm out Tuesday night. Good. Good. I mean, in game seven, it should. Now, T-minus two text for Well, that's game seven versus... Sure. You yeah. roll out LeBron, Steph, KD, and th- those big guns yeah. when, when all you get on ESPN is NBA, oh, yeah. and, and you, you can hardly find a baseball mention <laughs> at ESPN. Point. That's a good point. So I, that makes me happy. I, I didn't know that, but, uh, wow, that, that makes me excited. Uh, well, we'll talk more basketball a little bit later in the show. Uh, we'll, we'll probably talk a little baseball as well. But let me set up today's show before we get to top and not top story of the day. 3.30, Bill Bender from the Sporting News will join us to talk college football. We'll recap some of the games from last weekend. We'll also preview what's coming up this Saturday. 345, we'll get back into the NBA conversation. Talk about uh, a little more about the Grizzlies, the road ahead for them now after game one. Four o'clock, we're switching it up a little if you're, if you're used to our Thursday schedule. Greg Gaston gonna join us at four o'clock today rather than five. We'll talk Tigers at four with Greg. 430, we'll preview tonight's uh, Thursday night football game. We'll also Get to some other news in the NFL. 445, we'll get to big number of the day. 5 o'clock, Keith Smith from Track and the front office show will join us to talk the NBA. A lot of games last night, 12 games in total last night. We'll talk Grizzlies, and we'll talk everything else that happened in the NBA at 5 o'clock with Keith. Keith, 530, we'll get to what's trending, and at 545, we'll wrap up today's show like we always do with Taco Bell Crunch Time. Let me remind you, we're in our Family Leisure Studios where family and fun come together. The Overstock Sale. Family Leisure needs your help to clear out their Overstock inventory. Select patio sets up to 50% off. Play gyms under $2,000 extended sale pricing on all in-stock hot tubs and swim spas and the winter pool closing items are up to 30% off. They've also got pool tables and game room items up to $700 of their in-stock products. They've also got the saunas, massage chairs, arcades and theater seating all with free delivery and the special financing. It's still available but only at Family Leisure 2120 Witten Road just north of I-40. He is Brian. I am Brett. Johnny Hill with us as well. We're Sports Time, and we're with you until 6 o'clock tonight. We want your interaction at 901-360-8255. This hour of our show brought to you every day by the one and only Lexus dealership in town. That's at 2600 Ridgeway and online at LexusofMemphis.com. That's Lexus of Memphis at 2600 Ridgeway. Their number, call them at 901-334-9673. They have great offers on the remaining 2023 models. The 2024 is rolling in and about to take over and always special leasing options. Driving luxury and confidence, knowing that every new Lexus comes with complimentary first and second maintenance services. Stop by today at Lexus of Memphis at 2600 Ridgeway and put yourself in the driver's seat of one of those flagship LS500 whether it's the remaining 23s or the brand new 24s, and you'll be looking and driving in style. When you purchase a Lexus, you get top-of-the-line engineering and design, and they make for the luxury driving experience. Online at LexusofMemphis.com. Experience amazing. Experience amazing at Lexus of Memphis. Top story of the day. Well, my top story of the day is what we've been talking about. Grizzlies fall to the New Orleans Pelicans 
in the first game of the season. 111 to 104, the final score. Uh, New Orleans, they shot 43%. Uh, from three and really lighten it up early in the game. I talked about that second quarter, and they were just knocking down threes left and right, and it was a little bit of everybody. Jonas Valanciunas knocked a couple down, and, and it seemed like the Grizzlies were challenging some of their shooters. I talked about how they really weren't a great three-point shooting team last year, and it seemed like the Grizzlies, especially in that second quarter, said, well, we'll let them take those shots, and, and they were knocking them down. It then seemed like the Grizzlies were kind of chasing those threes back, trying to get back into the game with threes and it just didn't work out when they got back to their game they went on a quick 10-0 run and so that's why I wish they had stuck to their game plan instead of trying to chase with threes but we also know rebounding was going to be an issue and it was 52 to 37 in terms of rebounds offensive rebounds 11 to 8 in favor of the Pelicans they really just uh the Grizzlies we've seen over these last two years how they kind of create their offenses, getting those rebounds, getting out into transition, grabbing offensive rebounds, and, and getting second chance opportunities. They just weren't able to do that last night against the Pelicans, and, and that's why they're now 0-1, but now another big opportunity against the defending champs tomorrow night against the Nuggets. It is, and not just absolutely zero freak-out factor with not us, and, and I, I, like, I like your readout of the game. Brian, good job. My top story, NFL weekend, it starts tonight. In Buffalo, colder games. You want cold, Buffalo. (laughs) From about now until 4th of July, you'll get it in Buffalo. Weather starts to be in play. And Josh Allen, I I think, is going to be the fall guy for Buffalo because he's about really all they have. And he's good. I don't think he's great. Stephon Diggs can be really good, but he can be about as big a pain in the neck for his own team as he can be for the opposing team and trying to game plan for him. They are a really good example, and it's it's almost uh, it's almost a sign of maybe of something that could come here in Memphis. These windows is Keith Smith, our guest, normally joins us at four. Will join us at five today. Talk to the NBA. Windows close quickly. Yeah. Buffalo's window is closing, and at the end of this year in Memphis, we'll be wondering wondering about windows. Not top story of the day. Well, I'm going to stick right there with my not top story of the day. Buccaneers, Bills, tonight. You can watch it on Prime Video. You can also listen to it right here on Sports 56. Brett, this line for this game right now is Bills minus nine and a half. That is a massive, massive number uh, against the Buccaneers. I, I don't think the Buccaneers are great by, by any means, but like you just said, Buffalo really hasn't been super impressive this season and coming off they a loss Baker's to the Patriots. They turnover machine They do. They, they absolutely do. In the cold, it looks like right now, uh, or the game time weather kickoff, about 55 degrees in Buffalo. And, That's balmy for oh, them. Oh, yeah, but you know, that that will just start ticking down. And, and Baker Mayfield, yeah. he, he's not used to the cold. I mean, maybe when he was in Cleveland, but uh, I don't think he's been around much cold much of his life, especially down in Tampa. It's much warmer on a game day for him. So we'll see these two offenses, uh, both kind of sluggish uh, this time of the year. So we'll see what happens, uh, but should be uh, an interesting one, at least, on, on Prime tonight. For the Bills after tonight, next week at Cincy, then home against Denver, home against the Jets, and then at Philly, at Kansas City. They have to have that one tonight. My not top story is the retirement. The goodbye from Dusty Baker. Mm. He said it's not goodbye. It's just going to see you, see you a little bit later. Hall of Fame soon for him. 74 years young. Great career. Playing, coaching, managing, announcing. Tough as nails. 
had to be Survivor. 2,183 wins, good for seventh all-time. If Lupinella's a Hall of Famer, Dusty Baker should go in by acclamation. He took five different organizations to postseason baseball. Classy, classy, classy man. Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, made it official today, and uh, like you said, just a, a great career for him. But that'll do it. And, and, and it was nothing like Dusty not being the manager of the Reds and the Cubs for <laughs> me to really like him. <laughs> I mean, hey, how, hey I mean, what, 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 it, it took you some time, Brett. That's true, but hey, you know, something changed. That, yeah. That's for sure. But I'll do it for top and not top story of the day. Let's go ahead and get to our first break of the day. When we come back, we'll talk college football with Bill Bender. Join the voice of the Tigers, Dave Woloshin, for Wolo and Friends. Weekday mornings from 10 to 11, here on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Joining Brian and Brett now on Sports Time is Bill Bender, National College Football Writer for the Sporting News and on Twitter X, at Bill Bender. Here's Bill with Brian and Brett. Bill Bender joins us now from the Sporting News to talk college football. Bill, thanks so much for joining us again. And on Saturday, you were in attendance for Penn State at Ohio State. Ohio State gets an eight-point win. What was that like on Saturday? I mean, I think Ohio State has a really good defense, the national championship caliber defense. They're a little bit get-it-done ugly on offense right now. But it was enough, and I think the source of frustration for Penn State, and I know they were a popular bet last week that I was not on, um, they're just not quite as – I mean, there's no other way for me to say it other than to say they're not quite as good as Ohio State, and that has to be the fr- frustrating part for that program. Yeah, It does. Bill, couldn't you almost say this year in college football could be explained on how and how you very well explained that Ohio State result last week? It's just – Get it done. It might be a little ugly, could be a little suspect, but at the end of the year, somebody's going to win it all, and it might be somebody that just navigates through these waters in an ugly, workmanlike style. Yeah, and I'm wondering if the clock rolls have contributed to that a little bit. It's allowed Alabama to grind out some things. It's allowed Georgia to grind out some things and grind out some wins, and uh, there's something to that for sure. Um, I think... Ohio State's doing that. I think, you know, Michigan's the only one not doing that. And they're, I know we're going to talk about it at some point, but, uh, you know, they, they have a different uh, thing going on in Ann Arbor. It's not on the field. On the field, they look like the best team in the country. Well, Bill, I hate to drag you into a family spat. It's very rare that I, I'm, I'm, I'm irritated or disappointed in Bryant, but I kind of am today. All Whoa. week, he's advocated so big for Ohio State <laughs> should be voted number one with their body of work, and he gets you on in whiffs. Who's that? Bryant, my, my, my co-host. I, I, apologize, I apologize, Bill. Ohio State has the best resume. Yeah, right now, right? that's what Bryant's been saying all week. And then now, he gets you on and doesn't say it. <laughs> they do. They have the best resume with the Notre Dame and Penn State victories. I think Georgia has the crown of winning mm-hmm. back-to-back national titles, and Michigan has looked the best of the three. So, you know, I that, but they have obviously a sign-stealing scandal hanging over them that yeah. continues to hang over them and will continue to hang over them and in some shape or form. But I keep telling people all week, I was like, y'all think. Uh, 
the best team in the country off the field and tell them they can't play for a national title. <laughs> That'd be uh, not a chance. It'd be bad for business. It would be very would bad be. for business. Well, well, let's get into this this Michigan situation. I think you were on with us last week, the day that it kind of, the news kind of dropped. We didn't really know much about it at the time. We're starting to get more information uh, as the weeks go on. I think today I saw that the NCAA has been in Michigan, kind of starting to look into this. What have you made on kind of the recent developments in this situation? You know, there's a lot of details out there, and the way that they obtained it is wrong. I mean, but it's the rule. It's a dumb rule, but it's the rule. Yeah. Um, and when you say everybody's doing it, that's, you know, I have two kids. That means that, <laughs> yeah. that I still tell them that doesn't mean you need to. Um, yeah. So I think those things are at work. Um, I don't think it's that big a deal. I, and I, I don't I, need in, in terms of In terms of the competitive advantage that they really get, I think what's going to get them in trouble is, like I said, the, the, the way that they got it. But as for during the game, this all week, uh, stop and then look over at your sandwich boards and call your play. I'm going to steal that all day. I'm not yeah. going to cover my eyes. That, that's the, end, the part of it. And I hope this results in them putting you know radios in the headsets and eliminating some of this nonsense that, if high schools have tablets and colleges don't, that just doesn't make sense. Matt Rule was spot on on that. Uh-huh. 100%. Bill, how, how much longer until we get the screaming headline of fill in the blank next school that's accused of it? You're right. I mean, you know, and I think one thing here, the, the easiest solution for Michigan is still not an easy one. Who do you, get, who do you think social media wants right now? Do they want <laughs> to take J.J. McCarthy and Michigan off the field, and do you really want to do that? Or Jim Harbaugh? Yeah. Yeah. There's no doubt that's who they want. So I think the easiest easiest solution would be to suspend him for some length of time again and and not penalize the Heisman frontrunner Mm -hmm. and those guys. And, uh, you know, because like I said, how did they respond on Saturday? I'd say they responded pretty well. Yeah, pretty well. That's absolutely right. Well, I'm curious. You mentioned Jim Harbaugh, and this is kind of what everyone's been saying. Do you think kind of everything from the start of the season, him sitting out four games to now this, is this going to push him back to the NFL? I mean, I, he's so unpredictable. It's hard to yeah. say. I mean, he could. It's so everybody could say that, and then he could he could sign an extension tomorrow, <laughs> and I would say, yeah, well, that's Harbaugh, <laughs> and he could dig his heels in and fight the NCAA and do all these things. I, I wouldn't be surprised either way, but. Yeah, I mean, logically, yeah. I mean, a lot of people, he could leave this mess for somebody else, do the Pete Carroll thing, go coach mm-hmm. the Chargers or the Bears or whoever's available. All of those things are definitely on the table. Do, do you think Michigan and Ohio State, when they meet Thanksgiving weekend, both will be undefeated? I do. I do. I think they're both going to be 11-0. and I spoke with a writer I respect very well that was trying to sell me on the, uh, on the idea that if they banned Michigan – from Big Ten Championship, the game would be even better. And I said, no, no, it wouldn't. Because in that event, Ohio State would still go to the playoff either way. It needs to be 11-0 versus 11-0 and winner take all and the heat between Day and Harbaugh. And, you know, I don't know who Amer- the rest of casual America would root for, honestly. I would assume I would assume Ohio State, but there's plenty of people that, that Ohio State's made mad over the years, including that cross-section of Notre Dame fans that watch that game. So, uh, um, yeah, I, I, I think they, I think it's 
and these TV networks sell this game, you could sell a game that 20 million people would watch. Mm-hmm. Not as many people, no matter how you say it to me, not as many people would watch if Michigan's ineligible for the Big Ten Championship in the playoffs. That, that's that's just the truth. Historically, I think viewing that game, I'm a little uh, either more for the home team or for the team that can inflict more pain on the other one, kind of ruining a season. Yeah, you, had, you, you had, said you said how people would view it, uh, kind of impartial observers. That's kind of how I've been through the years. Well, I mean, they can, but the, the, the mega showdowns always carry more weight. And, and yeah. yeah, to your point, I remember Michigan playing spoiler in 94 and 95 when, uh, um, actually, yeah, 94, 95 when Eddie mm-hmm. George won the Heisman one of those seasons. And, uh, I they had some really good teams, but I remember 06 even more and last year even more and the consequences of, and this is really the last game between the two because, Next year, we're going to 12, and the loser will probably go anyway. And that happened last year. This one, I feel a little bit different. I feel like the loser's staying home, and uh, wow. the winner's going. And that's why I said, you know, I the NCAA or the Big Ten could step in and say, hey, Michigan, you're ineligible. But you know what I think the reaction to that would be? I think it'd actually be negative from everybody else because you want to see the best teams on the field. That's I right. could be wrong. You guys tell me. You're you're a little out of the central high I hope you're I right. Yeah. I, I will answer it with I hope you're right. And I've said forever that when when your neighbor gets in trouble with the NCAA, instead of being so gleeful, we should all turn our ire more toward Indianapolis and the NCAA. But we never we never do that. We we always love it when when the the neighbor across the street's in trouble. Yeah, and and again, you know, what are the repercussions? So if we caught Michigan doing this, where's the next one? You know, how do they, if this is something that they're going after, which seems, again, to me, the way that they did it is wrong, but I'm sure, I mean, it just seems like who I asked when I start talking to fans of SEC schools and writers from the South, um, seems like that's like Tuesday morning in the South with some of the wild stories we've heard over the years. And this one, it's... uh, it's so scandalous, and part of it is the Big Ten's image getting in the way of that, right? Bill, that's a slow Tuesday in June in the <laughs> SEC. <laughs> right. People video, you know, every the wild. We've had people wired. Our, our, our good buddy Leo Lewis. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, you know, with, with the Egg Bowl and the craziness there, I mean, this is – but the other detail that interests me a little bit is, you know, that, that Washington Post report said that, Somebody hired an outside firm. I mean, what? A, who? Who's that person? It's got. When the Washington Post is coming after you, that means that a gate needs to be attached to your story, and that's never a yeah, good thing. Yeah, so there's yeah. still a few miles left on this. One. Absolutely. Talking to Bill Bender from the Sporting News, he joins us every Thursday to talk college football. Well, Bill, now uh, USC has lost two straight games to Notre Dame and Utah. They've still got Washington, Oregon, UCLA on their schedule to end the year. Where does this USC team go from here, and what have you thought about these last two games? Well, I think, you know, obviously disappointing because you had we picked them to go to the playoffs. Um I don't think Caleb Williams should go to the NFL now. I mean, right. finish the regular season. He won't play in a bowl game. There's right. zero chance that happens. Uh, for Lincoln Riley, a little bit of, all right, now you're getting your first taste of tough times. Like, 
how do you keep this together? They've got to, they could still theoretically win the Pac-12. That's something to remember. Uh, they've only lost one Pac-12 game, but uh, the road to that Pac-12 championship is pretty difficult. And uh, Utah just has their number, man. Kyle Whittingham sure and uh, the job he's done there is uh, quite phenomenal. Bill, do you think Oklahoma fans are happier that OU <laughs> is undefeated or that Lincoln Riley's lost twice? Uh, probably true. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> got it. <laughs> really yeah, good they, answer. Uh, yeah, they, uh, they're probably reveling in that a little bit, and they're right in the hunt. And they, you know, here's another part of November. I'm just on another station down in Atlanta, and, it, and this is true, that there really hasn't been that, titanic upset weekend there yeah. really hasn't been a lot of titanic upsets it was uh i would make the i know north carolina lost to virginia last uh-huh. week i would say the most visible upset this year was duke beating clemson and uh duke's a good football team so i mean we're still sitting on that but teams get tight you know oklahoma had a tough one last weekend uh washington i stayed up late and watched that one that was a tough one for the huskies yeah. and they needed a pick six so We'll see which one of those six unbeaten teams blink. I mean, Ohio State, for all the talk about them and Michigan and, you know, set the date like a wedding invitation, um, play at Wisconsin on Saturday. That's not going to be easy. We, we get Malik Murphy as the starter for the Texas Longhorns with Quinn Ewers out from the shoulder injury. Do we see Arch Manning at any point in the game? I think we will. I don't know if it'll be in that game. I think we'll see him at some point in the next couple of weeks. Uh, you know, and that's obviously there's other factors in that if they're trying to redshirt him or whatever. But Malik will get an honest shot, four of eight passing on the year. He's been, played well in the spring. I, I don't know what Sarkeesian's plan is. Now, they got to win. Yeah. You know, they got to win for the next two to three weeks till Quinn Ewers can get back, if Quinn Ewers can get back. And they got to try to set up that rematch with the Sooners. So, Arch is giving them the best chance to win. Yeah, we'll see him play. I, I had to look that up, Brett. I didn't realize he didn't take a snap all year. I thought I would have assumed in one of those blowouts that he, he would have got a couple snaps. He didn't have many snaps in the spring game. Wow. No, and I think, you know, we're we're trying to rush him along. You know, I watched their spring game pretty close, and he was mm-hmm. a little erratic, but he's also a 18-year-old freshman. I mean, Sorry. I know – what his name is, but Eli sat for a year, and Archie sat for a year, and Peyton sat for a few games. Peyton may not have played as a freshman. But they had a couple huge injuries at Tennessee that season. So uh, I think they have a good plan for Arch Manning, and if we see him play, it probably helps that he was able to sit and watch for a while. And you're right. Eli directly redshirted 99 and then was played behind a really good college quarterback in Romero Miller most of the 2000 season. And then it was his job, 2001, 2002, 2003. Bill Bender, have a great weekend this weekend. Enjoy all the games. Hey, I will. Thanks so much for having me on. You guys have a great weekend. Appreciate it. Thanks, Bill. You got it. Be safe, Bill. Bill Bender with us from the Sporting News talking kind of the national college football perspective every Thursday afternoon. Holiday season, it is approaching. I told you last week it was five weeks. Today is four weeks from right now. We're going back for leftovers. And you're going to have some leftovers, and you're going to have them from the great 
two great places, the new Collierville Commissary at Houston Levy and Poplar or the original in Germantown because that's where you can pick up the holiday bird from both places for the Thanksgiving holidays. And then, again, you'll do it for sure at Christmas after you have it at Thanksgiving. But call now and order yours, 901-754-5540 or go online at commissarybbq.com. I'll be at Davis Wade Stadium, Scott Field, four weeks from right now, getting ready for the for the Egg Bowl, and 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 I'm going to have those leftovers from the commissary, all the smoked turkey, the homemade cornbread dressing, the gravy, cranberry sauce, mashed potatoes, green beans, rolls, butter, plates, utensils. They do it all for you, except for cleaning up. You you're, you you got it. You you have to do that. And all the desserts and all the great food, the bulk pricing, the sides, whole turkeys, hams. Call 901-754-5540 or call the Collierville Commissary at 901-979-5540. That will be your holiday spread, and you'll be delighted. You'll have to get some barbecue for the night before and the night after for all the football watching. Dig into the ribs or the shoulder, chopped or pulled on a plate, on a sandwich, all the sides and those desserts like the lemon ice box pie, the banana pudding, strawberry cakes, again, 901-754-5540 or online at commissarybbq.com. Well, let's go ahead and get to a break. When we come back, we'll talk a little more about the Grizzlies and what happened last night in the NBA. That's next on Sports Time. Broadcasting from the Family Leisure Studio, we are Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now back to Sports Time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by Lexus of Memphis. Here are your hosts, Brett Statz-Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. Welcome back into Sports Time. Bryant and Brett with you in our family leisure studios. And, and Brett, we talked about the Tiger, or excuse me, the Grizzlies game last night. Tiger's going to start here, here soon. But we were talking about the Grizzlies game earlier today. Obviously, a loss for the team. And, and the road ahead, uh, it, it certainly doesn't get easier with the next game up yeah. against the Nuggets, against the, the defending champs. It's the NBA. Every night is going to be a challenge. But whew, it, it sure is hard when you're playing the defending champs. Chris Wallace used to tell a great story about when he was with the Boston Celtics and the first year Rick Pitino was head coach there and they get mm. the schedule in August, whenever it was, yeah. and they're looking at it and said he, and, and knew they weren't very, their personnel wasn't very good and right. it was going to be a rough year. And he went quiet for a long time. Somebody said, coach, uh, what, what are you thinking? He goes, uh, where's, uh, Eastern Kentucky and Moorhead State? <laughs> nope. No, no, it was the NBA. No, they get paid too, and yeah. the champs come to town tomorrow night. And you know, yesterday we 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 joke, but we're kind of serious with with Rob. You know, so much uh, anticipation and kind of hullabaloo goes into mm-hmm. opening night. And it was fun and festive until the big pin in the bubble happened last yeah. night. But right back at it tomorrow night, sure. and that that's also one of the great things about professional sports. You know, especially baseball and and. Major League Baseball and the NBA, there's so many opportunities right. to, 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 to flush that, to, to forget about it. And the Grizzlies are going to have to. Last night, it was a really inspired team effort for mm-hmm. the Pels. Zion with 23, Ingram 19, Herb Jones 13, Valanciunas 12, CJ McCollum at 24. And, and, and I told Greg Gaston sitting by me at FedEx Forum last night, the, the 
the first bucket for Valachunas was a floater three-pointer. Wow. Remember that early I, in the game? I, I did see that early in the game. And, 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 and I said, write it in now, 17 and 16. Okay, ended 12 and 12, close right. enough. Right, yeah, I mean, but but it seemed like everybody was kind of hitting the mark for the the Pelicans last mm-hmm. night, and, and they were making the shots they took, and, and they were taking some, some tough shots. Um, so I, I don't think this is, you know, like we said earlier, it's not, you know, the world's ending, and I think it gets... I get. I think the schedule for the next four or five games gets a little easier after this Nuggets game. You go on the road against the Washington Wizards, and, and I think uh, I think that's a very winnable game. The Mavericks will be a, a tough game, but then you've got the Jazz and, and two games against the Trailblazers. I think all three of those games are very winnable games. So you know, but it's also the NBA. So I mean, you could look up and after this stretch, you could have one win. You could look up and you could have. Three or four wins. I, I mean, mm-hmm. that's just how the NBA is, and, and we'll see how how they can respond tomorrow night against the against the uh, Nuggets. And another thing, one down, eighty-one to go. One down, twenty-four to go. Too that that that's a number that as it gets closer for to the jaw return. I mean, it, it it'll feel like it's it's going in slow motion. Hurry hurry up and get here. Yeah. And the aura of the champs coming in tomorrow night, and uh, Nikola Jokic probably the best player in the league right now. Yeah, no, he he really is, and and so uh, that game will be fun tomorrow night. We'll see what happens. Um, you obviously were at the game last night, so you didn't really get to see much of the other, you know, many of the other games that were going on um, last. I, night. I did when I got in. I got to watch a lot of Wimby when okay. I got home. What'd you think? Man, and it, it took me. You can't cross the old bridge, and especially at night. <laughs> I I got to it, and I thought I. I is it open? It oh, had to turn geez. around and completely loop around and oh, wind no. through downtown to get to the old brick. Man, it, it was it was very dimly lit around. Oh, I thought, well, is it closed? So, so, so when I I got home, oh, I, I watched a lot of the Spurs. That was a good game uh, between the Mavericks and the Spurs. I thought, uh, you know, Spurs hung in there. They've got some some fun young players. Devin Vassell uh, led the team with twenty three points. But uh, but what did you think of Wimby in his first regular season game? What everybody expected, and yep. just 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 to see that almost Yao Ming yeah. stature, yeah, yeah, not, not not as bulky, but almost just as tall. And you know, Yao Ming, I, I I swear the tallest person I've ever hmm. stood by. You know, and I thought standing by you know Lorenz and Wright and Shaq and Joe Klein, and then I mean then you look up at you know Yao Ming, and it's it's the same with seven yeah. five. Uh, you know Victor Wembanyama, and, and and he he's going to be all that, and he's he's at a a perfect place for for development for his future. Yeah, no, he he definitely is, and and so uh, very easy to tell when he's on the court. I mean, the one that shocked me last guy. night was, was the Bulls getting blasted. Yeah, and I don't know that I've ever heard this in sports in anything. After game one goes go players only oh, meeting. Oh, how about that, Brett? <laughs> I was blown. Were they away. just meeting each other for the first time last night, Brett? They're they're especially nowadays with Twitter, and I don't want to get into the whole Twitter conversation, whatever. But now that that we don't have verified accounts, which who cares? But I I always see these posts of like, okay, that's got to be fake. Like earlier this week when uh, Jeff Trailer put rat traps in all of his players' lockers, and then one of them snapped on his finger um, and smushed his, like, pinky finger or something. I was like, that's got to be fake. Like, that's that's too funny that, that there's no way that actually happened. This morning when I woke up and saw the reports that the Chicago Bulls had a players-only meeting after game Same. number one, I go, I have to, this is, this can't be true. This is so funny that there is no way this is a true sentence I'm reading. 
I mean, they're not even mad parents from travel baseball no. that do that. No, not after the first, maybe after the first weekend, but not yeah. after the first oh, game. Yeah. At first weekend, fire everybody. <laughs> yeah, it's it's over after the first weekend. But no, I mean, that that just might might show you how good this Thunder team really is. I mean, everyone's been kind of hyping them up the last year, year and a half with what they've got. SGA, a double-double last night with 31-10. and 10. And they could be a, a team that, that really impresses people. This year, Sacramento. You know, yep, it could be this absolutely. year, Sacramento. Sacramento. I mean, it really could be. I, I have them finishing pretty high. Another game that I thought was pretty interesting last night: Pistons go right down to the wire. Oh, the our Pistons only, broke our heart. Oh, didn't but, they? but Brett only a one point loss to the team that played in the NBA Finals last year. I mean, that should give you some good. confidence. And Jalen Durant had a great game: seventeen points and fourteen I'm, I'm down rebounds. On I'm doubling down all on right. Jalen Durant, the next Kevin Garnett. I love it. I love it. I'm all for it. Uh, he got the start last night. Um, it looked really good. 19. Four blocks as well for him. So a really good game. 19 years old. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, whew. He was the youngest player in the NBA last year when he was when he was playing. So uh, a very impressive player. But let's go ahead and wrap up this hour. When we come back, uh, we'll talk to Greg Gaston about the Tigers.